Hello and welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Real FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Jillian Parker. Hey, everyone. Hey, Quinn. Hi, Jillian. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is the first time I've seen you in like a week. I know. We now only see each other to record. Our bedrooms are next to each other. <laughs> yes, but I just never see her because she hates me and doesn't let me into her life. Yeah, because I'm definitely the person who's never in the room. Oh, my God. <laughs> just come hang out with us instead of Sweet Green. Oh, I've been eating so much at Sweet Green. I go there every morning at 10.30 a.m. I'm just glad you're eating food, honestly. Yes, and I've also spent all my money at Starbucks recently because I am now addicted to Starbucks iced coffee with coconut milk. You need to try it. It is a game changer. Uh, I dislike coffee and coconuts. Wait, I didn't know you didn't like coconuts. Yeah, it's like fine. I'm not, it's not like offensive to me, but I'm not going to go out of my way to have coconut flavored anything. Maybe, is that Osra who really likes coconuts? Maybe. Osra dislikes all foods. No, she doesn't like raisins. She used to have a thing about blueberries, too, but she managed to overcome that one. The bloobs? Yeah. I keep on running. Don't... We're sorry. We call blueberries bloobs. It's... Our other friend started it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just... I'm really happy for you and your iced coffee with uh, coconut milk, but that's just not my scene. Okay. I guess I'll go now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> I also just want everyone to know, so we have a shared Google Doc of all our topics, and this week, Jillian wrote in banter and then wrote information about this iced coffee that she's having. This is, We don't usually write out the banter before the show. <laughs> yeah, I would also like to point out that I put in, um, it will triangle your life for the better, but then I wrote in parentheses, triangle equals delta equals change. It will delta your life. It will change your life. Say triangle again. Triangle? You say it a little weird. No, I don't. Yeah, you say, like, triangle. <laughs> now she won't say it. Wait, how do you say it? Triangle. I am a freak of nature. No, no I hate polygons. What? You hate polygons? I'm not a, I did not do well in geometry. So, moving on, I now pronounce the names of equilateral shapes incorrectly, but it's fine. All of that is getting cut. None of this is in the show. This is... We're terrible. We are trash. So to bring up an actual topic, (laughs) I just have to say that the past few years have been this journey of, like, me knowing about politics and actually I, like, now know the names of all of these people in the presidential administration and all of this is very new for me and it's, like, this politically aware transformation. But I draw the line at sports. Why, why do I now have to pay attention to sports? I wasn't about this. <laughs> it's even worse because when I was going to go into business, my parents were like, Jillian, you need to learn about sports so you can talk about it like at the office and have something to talk to like the traders about. I'm like, I'm not going to sit down and waste my time and stay up past my bedtime to watch a football game so I can talk about it for five minutes the next morning when I give the trader their coffee. Like, I am not going to talk about that. Doesn't football happen during the day? No, well, like... Well, night games. Does I don't know anything about football. And I just want to clarify right now that for all the sports fans out there, which there are many, many, because that's how sports works, it's it's fine. Like we're not we're not disparaging anyone who likes sports. It's just like very much not our thing. No, hard pass. Yeah. I do like the amount of money athletes make though. You just like money. That is also true, but <laughs> 
But yeah, um, so for anyone who has no idea what we're talking about, this week, just... Well, let me let me start at the beginning. Once upon a time, the world was created, and it has been considered a bad move ever since. Hey, that was a Hitchhiker's Guide reference. It was. Yes. I know. I know. Okay, see, we're nerds. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a football player, or there is a football player, named Colin Kaepernick. And he started kneeling during the national anthem. And this started last year at some point, like last football season. And he was very explicit about it from the beginning that this was a protest against police brutality, um, especially in the abuse of black lives. Um, he's a black man and like decided that to, to show as his way of protesting that he was going to kneel during the national anthem to show like his disappointment with this country um, and to make a statement about what he believes in. As you can imagine, the world went ballistic. Oh my God. Oh, and uh, w- as always, whenever the flag is brought into this thing, it was this whole thing about how dare you disrespect the troops of the United States of America. Now we're going to come back to that point later because there are many points to be made about that. Um, and that's a whole conversation. But just to get everybody up to speed on what's happening now, so this continued through the whole season. Um, Sometimes other people joined him. People made displays of solidarity across other teams. Um, The WNBI, the Women's National Basketball Association, I started saying that without real, so I did not know what the A stand for. I think it's association. Um, Has also done a lot of standing up for, like, the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So this has been a thing in professional sports for a little while, but it all kind of hit the fan, like, this week. Because um, Stephen Curry, who is a basketball player, who was on the champion... I don't know any of this. It was on championship team, I believe. Mm-hmm. So Golden champion- State Warriors. Yes, thank California you. California team. People call him Steph Curry. There are a lot of references in Drake songs. Him and his wife are goals. I was about to be like, why do you know any of this? And then you got to the Drake song part. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Stephen Curry um, was on the winning team. And winning teams get invited to the White House. But then he said he didn't want to go to the White House because of who lives there. And then Trump tweeted something like, Stephen Curry is hesitating, but the White House, it's a great honor. And so now my invitation is revoked. So none of the team is going to the White House. And everyone was like, what the heck? He already said he didn't want to go. What are you doing? But then the best part of this was LeBron James, you know, the best basketball player ever, possibly ever, um, tweeted, you bum, (laughs) like the letter you bum. Referring to Trump. Yeah. And I don't remember what the rest of it said. That was the it most was important like, part. It was like, you bum. And then he adds uh, Steph Curry and he goes, Steph Curry already said he ain't going, so therefore it ain't no invite. Going to White House was a great honor until you showed up, exclamation point. And it is his most favorited slash retweeted tweet with like 700,000 retweets and nearly 1.5 million favorites. I want that to be one of those moments that's like, where were you when LeBron James tweeted, you bum? <laughs> it immediately became a whole thing. And then someone asked him about it in an interview the next day. And he, and they were like, they made him, he made the, it, the journalist say it out loud. He made the journalist say, you bum. <laughs> um, and then was like, you know, it's just, that's not name calling. It's just like, you know, my friends and I call each other bums all the time, but he's not my friend. I'm just very clear. He's not my friend. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, LeBron slay i kind of want to let's unpack this but i don't know where to start oh and just to connect these things together because they may not sound connected um is it 
and Trump also like spoke out against Kaepernick this week. Kaepernick was is unsigned currently, by the way. When his last season ended, he did not get signed onto another NFL team. And there is a strong suspicion from a lot of people that this is because of this very public statement that he made, and he's mm-hmm. been blackballed by the NFL. But the NFL has said, no, we judge these decisions on an individual basis. It has nothing to do with blah, blah, blah. But, like, okay. But, yeah. It's well, the, it's the okay. NFL. Okay. Sounds fake, but okay. I don't know if you realize this, but the NFL has had a tendency to lie in the past. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Which we might also come back to. There's so much going on with this. Yeah. But, um, so, Trump actually swore at Kaepernick, like, during a, some kind of campaign rally that he was campaigning for a senator, um, which is a very fascist thing to do, honestly, is to, like, attack a private citizen during a campaign event as president of the United States. So there's that. Um, and so all these things kind of happen at the same time and they've all been very drawn together. And so now there's this whole take a knee, like hashtag take a knee campaign that's going on, um, with various players and various teams and like people from in different professions, there's like scientists take a knee as a thing. And it's this way to show support. But I think it's all getting very twisted because this is, um, all originally about police brutality, um, and black lives matter and, and stuff like that. And, but then Trump is sort of, like, trying to make it about himself and this protest against Trump when that's really not what it's supposed to be. And so, and then also there's people calling to boycott the NFL because they're allowing people to kneel during the national anthem. But there was already people calling to boycott the NFL before because they're, you know, they're mostly, I think, because of domestic violence. Domestic things. violence They issues. really just, like, let people they let their players do anything and to beat their partners and like that's they get away with it and it's fine because they say oh we didn't know about these videos and then people are like actually you've known about these videos for you know two months before this any of this information was released and they're like oh shucks i didn't know i don't remember i i can't hear you (laughs) yeah so there's a lot going on with the nfl right now um and it's all kind of tied together um and so now it's just sort of this like athletes versus trump situation that's happening which is interesting but yeah so where do you want to that's a lot of things so where do you want to start with all of that i first want to start off by saying one time one of my really good friends texted me and she was like hey like do you know um do you know who steph curry is and i was like no who is she (laughs) and then she was like well at least i know you're not lying (laughs) but second point is Oh my god. I feel like this is such an issue. Like, not even talking about this from a sports perspective, but just the aspect of looking at this from, you know, a rights and slash freedom of speech perspective, because it's technically legal to burn, you know, the flag of the United States, right? Like, I'm not going to do it, but like, if someone does it, they're not, they, they're not going to be arrested, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just like... So, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, would I personally not stand up during the National Anthem? No. I mean, I would I would stand up and I would not kneel. But, like, just attacking someone for kneeling during the National Anthem? And, like, yeah, okay, I understand the whole, like, you're disrespecting the troops, blah, 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 blah. But the troops also fought for you to have these freedoms. And you kneeling is, like, an exercise of this freedom. So, like, it's kind of it's weird. Yeah, there's a very kind of convoluted argument that goes that the argument is always like disrespecting the united states military and disrespecting the people who fought and especially the people who died um to secure these rights and that's just 
I can understand where that comes from. And I understand that, like, for a lot of people, that the flag is the symbol of the military. But it's not. It is the symbol of the country. And the country is more than the military. Mm-hmm. And, yes, people did fight and people did die and, like, continue to fight to secure rights in the United States and to secure rights for other countries and um, all of that stuff. But, like you said, the whole point is that, like, one of those rights is to kneel during the national anthem. And so this whole attacking someone for exercising their rights because you think that they're disrespecting the people who got them those rights, it, like, it kind of goes around in a circle, and it's like, it's not a hypothetical right, you know? It's not, like, something that exists, but no one does it. Like, people have been sitting and kneeling during the pledge and during the anthem forever to make certain statements and make certain points. And a lot of people have also pointed out is, like, the kneeling motion, it's not like it's just sitting out. It's a kneeling. Like, kneeling is a sign of respect, um, and it and it's a way to show that this is, like, a deliberate action. It's not laziness. It's not lack of thought. Like, this is, this is an active thing that's happening, um, but it's treated like it's some kind of just blatant disrespect towards a target that the people involved have explicitly said is not their target. Mm-hmm. And, like, people have been interviewed about this, and it's always like, no, I'm not trying to make a statement that's like, oh, I hate the United States. I'm just saying that, yes, we this is a great country, but there are ways to improve it. And, like, by me kneeling, that's just making people more aware of the sort of problems that do exist today. And so, like, it's just such a contentious topic, and I'm just like, uh, I can't, I can only read so much about it. Mm-hmm. And this is something that primarily applies to, like, Black Lives Matter and just, like, when black people protest in general, it is, according to the mainstream read white establishment, um, they're never doing it quote-unquote right. Like, disruptive protests are bad and, like, um, making a lot of noise is bad and all these things are bad. But then when the protest is something as simple as, like, silently kneeling then somehow, like, that's completely disrespectful, too. And the question has never been answered of, like, well, okay, then what is the acceptable way to protest? And white people are always, always bring up Martin Luther King. Always are like, why aren't you like Martin Luther King Jr. and, like, this peaceful protest and all these things? As if, like, the you white know, people did not approve of Martin Luther King Jr. when he was protesting. They thought he was disruptive. They thought he was worsening the racial divide. Like, they thought the same things about him that they think about, like, Kaepernick and, and Black Lives Matter now. Um, and yet they like to pretend that, like, if some that somehow, like, he struck the magical balance and did things exactly right and they 100% would have supported him when that's not how things went down at all. And he did have to fight for what he achieved. Also, Martin Luther King Jr. got a... It was, like... I think it was a C minus or something in his class on speech, like giving speeches and rhetoric. He literally got like, his professor was like, you will never be a great speaker, like C minus. Oh my God. We literally studied his speeches in my speech class. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. So why do you, again, why do you know these things? <sighs> I'm just a wealth of random facts. I feel like you'd be good at Jeopardy. Anyway. I also just have to bring up this one point to see what you think about this, because there's a lot of people who disapprove of the NFL. There's so many reasons to disapprove of the NFL, but one reason is because of how much the athletes are paid, um, and some people think that this that they are paid too much and that it is excessive, um, 
there's also a whole argument about like how much money they get paid versus how much money they're making for the owners and what the owners make is really excessive. There's a whole thing. Oh yeah, I want to own a sports team. I don't know anything about it, but I want to own one just so I have that power. And oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like if you get really rich, you get to like trade sports teams back and forth the way that we trade like sports trading cards back and forth. I've heard that's how that works. Yeah, it's dope. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, but then the counter-argument is people are always like, well, they have incredibly specialized skills, and there are so few people in the world that can do these jobs, like, that's why they're paid so much. But my point on this is, now, when a bunch of these players are kneeling, you get so many people who are suddenly like, okay, you're not that special, and you can be replaced, and if you don't stop trying to make this statement, um, then, like, we will fire you and get new people. <laughs> It's like, well, which one is it? Yeah, I think it's... I mean, you're going to have those people who are, you know, sports geniuses or whatever, right? Like LeBron and, um, you know, Tiger Woods back in the day before he... Us trying to think of athletes' names. Yeah. (laughs) He jumped right to Tiger Woods. Before he uh, ruined that whole thing. But anyways, I think a lot of the, um, the aura around an athlete depends on a lot more than just his skill set. I think it also depends, you know, like, on his public image and, um, you know, like, Steph Curry is, like, good, but, like, he also wouldn't be as famous if, you know, he didn't have all those Drake references and if his and his wife weren't, like, the cutest people ever, right? So, like, I think there's a lot more to an athlete than just his skills on the court or on the field. I think a lot of it also comes from just, like, who he is as a person and whether or not the media likes him. And I think that's, like, a good judge of how much he's going to get paid, as well as, of course, you know, um, opening that up for, you know, opportunities for sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very celebrity. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're big enough sports, you get your celebrity. I also like how you use male pronouns throughout because the largest sports stars are almost always male. Yes, and it- did you also know that, oh my God, in women's tennis, like, um, oh my God, who is it? I think it was, I think it's Maria Sharapova or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like, yeah, super hot, right? But, um, yeah, so like, it's argued that, like, why isn't Venus, no, is Serena, Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. Like, why doesn't Serena Williams make, like, so much more than Maria Sharapova? Because, you know, Serena's the best female tennis player ever. And, like, she's literally won so many Grand Slams, like, so many medals. And then that's just, like, another question of, like, women have to, you know, use, like, their sexuality to... Oh, my God. It's just... Sports is a disaster. I want you to know that that was not quite a whole com- comprehensive thought. Yeah, I know. I think I got the gist of what you were saying. <laughs> I get really heated about these things. So are you saying that Sharapova and Williams are paid similar amounts? I'm saying based on skill, they should not be paid the same amount because Serena Williams is just a lot better than Maria Sharapova. Mm -hmm. Um, But they are because Maria Sharapova has all of these sponsorships, but a large chunk of her sponsorships are, you know, based on what she looks like, which is just, I don't know, kind of problematic in more ways than one. I'm also here to point out that Sharapova is white. (laughs) And don't even get me started on, like, the ideal female body shape and stuff, because that's another issue. Oh, boy. That is. Anyway. Serena Williams just had a baby, by the way. That's not this topic. We're getting off track. But she just had a baby, and in her announcement, I forget the baby's name, but um, she had, like... um, her name and then how much she weighs and like grand slam titles won because serena was pregnant with her when she won her last grand slam <laughs> so cute oh also um i wonder if she's gonna be like 
I want she's gonna be one of those parents that really wants their kid to grow up and like do the sport that they did because I was reading I saw this documentary on these two really famous tennis players who like were really good back in their day but they never like actually made it made it like a you know um Raphael or whoever but instead they like had this baby and they like wanted this baby to be the next big thing and so literally right when the baby it's a girl came out of the womb like they had a, a tennis coach who like trained olympians like come into the delivery room and start like holding a tennis ball in front of the baby's face and waving it around to track to like start her development of hand-eye coordination and it was just a lot i was like this woman has literally just given birth she is sweating and you are holding a tennis ball in her child's face okay that is so much. It was a lot. I mean, but yeah, she was like amazing by age seven, so. Yeah, okay. So to wrap up this very meandering topic, lots of protests going on in sport right now, um, causing a lot of conflict with Trump, even though it's not even supposed to be about him. And also now, oh, one more quick note about this is like now it's kind of being like trendy to do this whole take a knee situation. This is... This is the problem. When people complain about stuff, that automatically gives more people incentive to start doing it just because people like being contrarian. Second of all, by Trump saying, like, by Trump bringing himself into this, this is only making it worse for him. Like, does does he realize that? Yeah, this is a bad situation. And I mean, there are a lot of people out there who's working to keep this on the original message and, and to keep it as a thing to gain awareness for police brutality. And I'll say this one thing to end this off, is that no matter what you're complaining about with with Kaepernick's original protest and what's come since, you cannot say it doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. In other news, just recently, women in Saudi Arabia were given, well, now have legal permission to drive. So the driving ban on women has been lifted. Saudi Arabia was the only country that had this ban. Um, And if a woman was caught driving, she would be fined. She could be thrown in jail. So... This this change in policy is a huge, huge win for activists in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so this was this made a lot of news um, across the world and even like in the United States because this specific point on the ban of women driving um, has been kind of a pressure point, I would say, across the world in mm-hmm. terms of um, oppression on women because there's like a lot there's a lot of that in saudi arabia there's Mm -hmm. a lot of restrictions on where women can go and what they can do um but then this whole thing about like this ban on driving sort of became the focal point of a lot of people's attention and so it's really exciting that it was finally lifted um i was reading an article that said there are eight hundred thousand chauffeurs employed in saudi arabia because these women like they have places to go and things to do but they can't drive themselves anywhere um, and so they would actually have these professional chauffeurs, hundreds of thousands of them, in order to drive women around. Yeah, that's insane. Oh, my God. But yeah, um, so this is really exciting. This, in Saudi Arabia, women already make up over 50% of college graduates. Mm-hmm. Um, they make up something around 10 to 15% of the workforce, which is obviously very low, but mm-hmm. it's not nothing. Um, and generally are like smart educated people who want to work and do good jobs um Mm -hmm. but they're very restricted in the jobs that they can get um they can't they need the permission of a close male relative to go to certain places to travel abroad to get a bank account like lots of just 
really basic stuff that um, everyone just kind of takes for granted. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's still a long way to go there. Yeah, and like there are tons of studies that have shown that, you know, Saudi Arabia's GDP would increase by some ungodly number if women had the freedom to work the jobs that, you know, they were educated for. Um, just because, like, when you cut a country's workforce into fractions and, like, res- have these restrictions that prevent, you know, a large majority, not a large majority, but, yeah, a large um, a large fraction of the population from working, like, that's obviously going to do some damage to your economy. So I hope that this is just one of the first steps in the direction where women have more rights and can exercise their freedoms. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Saudi Arabia is governed under... Uh sharia law so that's where these things come from it's very conservative um religious ideals from islam uh and so even things like dress um are very restricted in saudi arabia and it's like one of the strictest countries in the world um for sure for this kind of thing but there's also a lot of activists that do incredible work in saudi arabia as demonstrated by this recent victory Mm -hmm. yeah so I just wanted to make a quick point about this because, like I said, like this is a very much a focal point of conversation across the world is this driving ban, especially in the United States, but especially in terms of, like, there's a lot of people out there who disapprove of um, feminism in the United States and, and current movements and talk about how, like, well, and, you know, in Saudi Arabia, women can't even drive. Um, and I just have always hated that a lot because it's just like so disrespectful on so many levels, like to the women that you're talking to and you're trying to shut down their legitimate issues just because there are other issues in the world. But also it's like using Saudi Arabian women as like your poster child for oppression when they are real people who are like smart and driven and now literally driven. Mm-hmm. Um, or well, they dri- can be, they can they are, drive. They are, they are no longer driven. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and this was used as a counterexample most often when a person wanted to shut down someone who was wanting, who was talking as opposed to, like, actually doing active work in this sphere. So all of this is to say I'm very pleased all of this happened, um, and I'm interested to see what the next example is that uh, people want to throw at feminists who are trying to advocate for gender equality in first world countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And just to touch on a point that... Quinn made earlier about how 800,000 foreign chauffeurs are now just like not going to be driving these women around and that's I don't know that's just like an interesting thing about you know the economy and how different jobs like come up during different times but also I just want to point out that Saudi Arabia um, as a country has actually been going through a lot because over the summer or very very recently um the crown they renamed the crown prince basically like it was this one guy who was going to be the next um the next to rule but then they changed their minds and they're like no we're actually gonna give it to this guy and this guy is actually like very pro-environment so he wants to cut back oil and all these different things part of his um vision 2030 and so that's like oh yay good for the environment but also like saudi arabia's economy is based on oil so it's like well what are we going to do now? So that's just another, yeah. So Saudi Arabia is definitely going to be going through a lot in the next few years. So we should all, you know, keep an eye out for that. Speaking of economics, there was a fascinating article done by Teen Vogue, where it talks about a new paper from a college student at Berkeley, who was saying that there's such a problem in economics, especially when it comes to female economists and their role as professors at universities. 
and how that the divide between men and women economists teaching in schools is just like just so so stark just because like in comments and like when people write their teacher reviews or whatever for men it's always like oh like he's a good teacher or oh like he gives too much homework or stuff like that but then for women it's like oh she's really hot and like all these different things and more focusing on her appearance her physical appearance instead of you know her intelligence and her style of teaching which is just to me is just awful there was also a study a little while back that analyzed similar kind of responses and they found that like um, male teachers were so much more likely to be described as geniuses. Um, like, women teachers were almost never described as geniuses, and they were often described as, like, being mean and cold um, and, like, unavailable and stuff like that when the same things would be interpreted as more distinguished uh, for male professors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's also an interesting point because, like, it's one of those things where, like, oh, if a woman professor is unavailable it's like a bad thing but then like if uh, a male professor is unavailable it's like oh he's so dedicated to his research and then meanwhile for a woman it's like literally it was doing the exact same thing and that just brings me to sorry this is getting way off topic but that quote in um devil wears prada where everyone like gives miranda Priestley, who is the you know they call her the dragon lady because she is the head editor-in-chief of this really prominent fashion magazine but she's also like really cold and pretty ruthless um and people always like give her a hard time about it but the other character who works for her was saying well if she was a man no one would say anything and they would just talk about how good she is at her job so that's another interesting uh interesting way to look at this especially since female not even just in economics, but female professors in general are so much less likely to get tenure. I know that's so sad. Related to that, actually, um, is another thing noted in the article was, like, the importance of having role models and just, like, having women um, who are, like, female professors or even, like, more female executives tend to uh, help the department or help the company um, because they just, like, have more diversity in their staff and are like are open to more ideas and just like better workers Mm -hmm. yeah so clearly there is some inequality in the labor market if you have not noticed but um yeah this just makes me so angry because like there's so many smart women out there and so many of these professors like aren't as lucky as quinn's who like ended up getting tenure and some people have to leave and move their entire families across country across the country to go to another school where they can get tenure and it's just like absolutely ridiculous yeah i had a class last year on um it was actually about uh gender equality and feminism in the 21st century um and so we analyzed a lot of topics but the one we talked about academia and it is wild out there oh my god but our professor actually gave a lecture from her own perspective and she was like normally well we obviously we had like academic readings to go along with it and so she talked about those but she was also like i'm going to talk a little bit about my own experience this is going to be like a very weird vulnerable thing for me but i'm actually like a really good example of some of this because she has kids Mm -hmm. and she keeps her kids like not a secret but she keeps her kids like very very like on the deal Mm -hmm. um for her department for her co-workers like she doesn't want people to know that she has kids because 
she will get taken less seriously. Um, she will be less available for promotions and, po- and possibilities in her job because, um, like, they will view her priorities as being towards her children, even though the same standard is not applied to male professors. This is a problem that's just, like, pretty widespread. Like, they even talked about it in, um, I don't know if you watched The Big Bang Theory, but basically there was this episode where the, one of the scientists, like, didn't want anyone to know that she was pregnant because she had just got put on, she had just got put on this, like, really important experiment, and she was going to do this study, but if someone found out that she was pregnant, then they might not think that she's as dedicated to, you know, the job and all this stuff. So, like, it's just a huge issue, whereas, like, if a guy is like, oh, yeah, I'm having a kid, people are like, okay, cool. Like, you know, like, he's almost like, I don't want to say, like, revered more, but, like... No, you can say that because this is a real thing. There's a there's yeah. a fathership bonus. Um, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before, but um, there are some studies that have been done that, like, there is, um, in terms of pay, uh, there is a punishment for being a mother, um, and then there is a, a bump for being a father. Yeah, because it's like, oh, well, if a guy's married and has kids, that's, like, the ultimate sign of stability, right? And, mm-hmm. like, oh, he's going to be more more dedicated to his job now because, like, he has to provide for his family and, like, all this stuff. And meanwhile, yeah. for a woman, it's like, oh, well, she's going to leave in, like, two years. Or, like, that's the assumption. And just, oh, my God, it makes me so angry, Quinn. Yeah. And, I mean, to be clear, there's, like, a lot of reasons why mothers tend to get paid less, including things like... A kid keeps them up at night, and so they're less focused at work. Maybe they're taking more time off to, to like, drive their kids places and stuff like that. Um, but all of that also begs the question is, like, why is that – do those roles not fall on the father as well, which is more of a problem in the home? Um, if that's the issue is, like, why is the father not also, like, doing the trial rearing that he needs to do? Why is, does his career get to be prioritized when hers doesn't? Um, and, but there's also – this falls into, like, the fathership bump – there's an official name for this, and I cannot remember what it is. It's probably not the fathership bump. Um, mm-hmm. But that absolutely true is, like, the sense of that he's responsible and stable and mm-hmm. is, like, providing for his family. Yeah, and then, of course, this just, like, brings up, you know, the concern with, like, oh, yeah, so is there just related to the gender gap? Like, maybe there's not necessarily a, a gap that's, like, oh, she's a woman, so we're going to pay her less. It's more of, like, these endogenous things that are a part of the economy and society because of the the imagined roles that we have for men versus women Mm -hmm. and i know everybody i know we've talked about this before multiple times um but it's just like such a problem and it's a problem especially because a lot of people refuse to believe that it exists and is a problem like i so it is important to, for us to keep talking about when, like, different stuff comes up. Okay, this is my problem with the gender gap. My problem with the gender gap is that I don't like the name that's been given and all of the, you know, connotations that come with it. Because, like, when you hear gender gap, you're like, oh, that yeah, that's, to- that's obviously sexist if a company, like, pays a woman less than a guy just because she's a woman. And then you, like, talk to executives and you talk to people who are actually, you know, doing 
handing out the salaries, right? And they're like, no, we pay women and males, like, the exact same, like, you can check our pay stubs, like, blah, 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 blah. But, like, that's not really the crux of the issue. The issue is that it is less likely for a woman to get promoted, because, like, once she is promoted, like, she is going to be, like, they have to pay her the same amount of money as the guy, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if they're literally doing the same job, it's just the fact that she is less likely to get promoted that causes the problem. And, like, that's based on endogenous things that have, you know, become the norm of our society. And that's why I don't like what it, I don't like the term gender gap. I think a better word needs to just be used. Do you have any suggestions? I don't know. Sexism. <laughs> <laughs> Misogyny. <laughs> Take have, your pick. We already have those words. <laughs> yeah, and then also that women are just less likely to enter higher paying fields in the first place. And that women's fields just pay less when women enter them. <laughs> Which is just the worst. It's like, how are we supposed to win if you just, like, start paying everybody less if too many women are there? What? <laughs> I don't... Oh, my God. This ma- I love when we talk about this stuff because, like, Quinn and I usually disagree on a lot of things, especially... Well, mostly just about, like, economics It's mostly taxes. just taxes. It's pretty much just taxes. <laughs> but then, like, when we talk about this, we just always bond. <laughs> yeah, well, because, I mean, we're two, like, professional women. We're within a year of getting a bachelor's degree, like... We're going to be entering the workforce. Um, And so it's something that's very, very up close and personal for us. And it's like for me, so like this is a very big issue for you, like working in finance, like obviously a huge issue in finance. Um, And then, but I've been thinking about this more and more lately because um, so like I'm a creative person and I do a lot of work with like audio and film and then I'm in this directing course and it's just, do you know how many women have won an Oscar for best directing? One one woman ever there's only been six women who have won a tony for best directing of a play and three women for best direction of a musical ever and like as someone who is potentially entering that field and wants to compete on that level it's just so disheartening and, it, and it's so disheartening to way to see that like this the jobs that are considered incredible and important and high paying and like high accolades are not seen as available to women in the same way that they're available to men. There's a quota on women in those fields, in those positions, and it's so tragic. And I also just think it's really cool how Quinn and I, we study different things, right? So I study economics and Quinn studies sociology, but we are both able to talk about this from different perspectives and make our case even stronger. Like, Quinn's like, well, actually, there's studies that show this, this, and this. I'm like, huh, and actually, GDP and uh, (laughs) data backs that up. So uh, everyone else is wrong, you know? So I just think that's cool. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? It's economics woman and sociology girl. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on, I guess this is just a fun-filled women's episode but for our pop culture topic today, we are going to be discussing, you know, pretty much the only family <laughs> um, that garners this much attention about rumored pregnancies. So it is now rumored that Kylie Jenner and her sister Khloe Kardashian are pregnant and due around the same time. And this is on top of the news that Kim Kardashian is also expecting another child via surrogate. Babies! <laughs> So many babies. Yeah. So when I brought this up in the Google Doc, Quinn was like, yeah, I don't really care. No, you texted me and said, did you hear Kylie Jenner is pregnant? And I said, yeah, lol, I don't really care. That's not, you weren't suggesting it as a topic. I wouldn't be that rude about topics. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but, but like literally everywhere you go, it's just like, there, there are memes now. Have you seen the memes? Because we know that memes, there's a really high bar to entry to becoming a meme. 
Oh, it is. And, like, the Kardashians are always memed, but now, like, at least three different memes have been used for this. Wait, I haven't seen these, actually. What are the, what are the Jenner memes? It's just, like, pretty much anything is up for grabs to be used as, like, a Kardashian slash Jenner meme, because it's usually just, like, screenshots of things they've said. Yeah, it really helps when their entire lives are videotaped. And so, um, so there was, like, this one meme that's, like, um... When you when you need to find out if like when you need to find out how many babies like how many new Kardashian babies can be born in the next year and then it's like a screenshot meme of um, Chris Jenner just being like this is a case for the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> can I just say can I just say my favorite Kardashian meme is the one of Kim Kardashian sitting there and she just says it's what she deserves because it applies to you can apply that to anything and it can be a good thing or a bad thing. My favorite is the one where. Um, Kim Kardashian is just like, I like to drop hints that I'm single. Yes. And then it's just like, I'm single. But you can use that to apply to literally everything. And it yeah. is great. I'm like dropping hints and I want pizza. I want pizza. <laughs> <laughs> just everything. Yeah. So anyways, the big news is that um, Kylie Jenner is actually, you know, the youngest of this whole Kardashian slash Jenner tribe. She, I checked. She is 20 years old. Barely. She turned 20 a month ago. Yeah. And so like... She can is might be possibly having a baby, but she's not actually allowed to drink. So that's just an interesting comparison that people have been making. Well, it makes things easier for her because you can't drink when you're pregnant anyway. Exactly. See, it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, so obviously she's very young by most standards of child rearing in the United States. Um, and so just, she's been criticized a lot. And this is basically, I think, what we're going to get into is, like, this topic of young mothers and, like, the different ways that that's stigmatized. Mm-hmm. So you want to you wanna kick it off? Yeah. So first I want to say we just spent, you know, a little bit of the episode talking about women who have kids. And it's, it's just, like, I feel like there's this bond about women, like, working mothers, right? But then all of this, like, this, uh, you know movement or unity kind of falls apart when it's like refers to a younger person right so like i understand how there are arguments that like people are really not about this just because like she is super young um and i remember like Katy Perry talking about something once that, like, a baby should not be having a baby, and she thought she was too young when her husband at the time, Russell Brand, wanted to have kids, and, like, all of this stuff, but, oh, and a lot of the stigma, like, from young mothers or, like, teenage pregnancies rests on, you know, the assumption that you can't financially take care of a child when we all know that (laughs) Kylie Jenner is by no means in the middle of a financial crisis. Mm -hmm. Kylie Jenner is a millionaire oh my god her her makeup business like her lip kits by kylie like millions millions of products like well products sold millions of dollars worth like honestly that freaking eyeshadow is like sold out every other day i was about to be like hey kylie you want to throw me a couple hundred bucks but honestly kylie just want to throw me your makeup kits (laughs) i would take those yeah exactly so, I don't know. Especially, these arguments always bother me because usually it comes from, like, very, I don't know, I feel like people with very conservative ideals about young mothers. But then it's, like, if you're going to follow that strand, then, like, it, it just doesn't make logical sense to me because, like, you're condemning a person for having a child at a young age, but then, like, you're also pro-life. So, it's just, like, this weird dichotomy that just does not 
you know, makes sense. Well, like, the obvious solution is just, like, you're not supposed to have premarital sex is, like, the thing. That's, like, their whole, that's like, the whole thing. I know. I but know. it's also, you're right, is, like, once once the pregnancy has occurred, then, like, there are two options. <laughs> yeah, because it's, like, well, you can't really not you can't go pregnant. back and un- <laughs> unhappy <I mean>, sex. <laughs> yeah. That's not how it works. So, you, it's, like, I understand, like, the original idea of, like, no premarital sex. Right. Like, I can I can understand if that is your philosophy, but once you've crossed that barrier, like you have to pick one. Yeah, like lesser of two evils, people. Yeah, it's like what I learned in Catholic school, like, like, like Mrs. Miller, like what kind of forms of birth control are there? Abstinence. <laughs> Abstinence is the only birth control that works a hundred percent of the time. Well, she's not wrong. <laughs> she's not wrong. No. Yeah, and then I also wanted to bring a point to this is that, so, like, I'm from a rural, low-income area, and where I'm from, it's incredibly common to have kids at 18, 19, 20. Um, there's a lot of people who are from my high school and local high schools who, well, a year or two out of high school, get married and have children, sometimes in that order, sometimes not in that order. Um, it's not necessarily a huge deal um, to have, like, kids outside of marriage, Um because it is just, like, a thing that happens. And this isn't the path that I've chosen for myself. I'm planning on having kids, like, way later on, if ever. At um, least 30 for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. 30 the age, not 30 the number of children <laughs> I want to produce. Okay, I don't know if anyone would have thought you meant that, but oh, my God. I just wanted to make that clarification. But anyway, sorry. Continue. You got you to gotta get going now if you want 30. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so that's just, like... And yes, people do make comments, um, but for the most part, it's like, it's a very different thing that happens in like rural, low income communities and is the culture in like a higher income community. Like if someone from a very wealthy town gets pregnant at like 19 years old, I mean, we've all seen television. That's a scandal. Um, But that's not the culture everywhere. And so a lot, a lot, I think of the stigma behind like having kids young and then having kids before marriage um is attached to a very strong sense of classism and like these people are uneducated and they are a drain on our tax resources and they're dumb and they're poor and like they don't the the coded message here is they don't deserve to have kids and sometimes yeah they don't have college educations they might not have graduated high school they might have a community college degree which is an extremely valid like smart college decision um and so there's there's a lot of variation there, but this whole, like, I think that's personally my opinion of, like, where a lot of that stigma comes from. So, like, when a wealthy person becomes pregnant very young, it's, like, they get associated with that classism, and it's, like, pushed onto them, but that's where it comes from. And it also, of course, I have to talk about, like, I think a lot of this is also very racially charged, and there's definitely a stereotype of, like, the young black mother, the young Latina mother, um, and I think that the fact that Kylie Jenner's boyfriend and presumably the father of her child is black um, probably has a lot to do with the things that people are saying about her. Wow. Race, women, we're just covering all of I know. There today. was a lot of things at once. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I mean, I, I like don't even know how to start to unpack this just because there is a lot going on. But also, I do want to just mention there's this other meme. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, Chris, it's not really a meme, but it's basically like they say the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder. Chris Jenner works so hard. Chris Jenner needs to calm down. Oh my god. She's like everyone obviously, you know, talks smack about her, but she is such an incredibly smart businesswoman. 
Yeah, she's the momager of the Kardashians. She literally turned, like, the biggest scandal of the early 2000s into, you know, a fortune-making monopoly on celebrity culture. Yeah. She's very scary and oppressive. Yes. Yes, she is. And problematic. Yes. But uh, obviously all the Kardashians are problematic. That's not what we're talking about today. Yeah, they say that, like, Kim's her favorite because she's made her the most money. I believe it. (laughs) I'm like, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot going on here, and there's a lot of disparaging comments that are made towards Carly. And, like, and, yeah, maybe I don't necessarily think that, like, 20 is the best age to raise a child. And that maybe being a little older with, like, a little bit more life experience help you out. But, like, I don't think that there's, like, she always, like, has the right to have a child. And, like, people always have the right to make that decision or to accept that that happens and, like, be happy about it regardless. Um, and, it, and it's not, as outsiders, like, we don't get to judge like the decisions that they're making especially in the case of kylie when she is obviously going to be able to provide like a well-financed home (laughs) yeah exactly like i feel like a lot of the concerns about having children young is just you know the worry that they won't be able to provide for them and like okay that's a valid argument right but kylie jenner's child will not be living in any sort of poverty whatsoever yeah, now with the question of, like, whether she's going to be on cameras from day one of her existence. I think I just decided that Kylie Jenner is having a girl, apparently. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, whether or not the kid's going to be on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, like, the first second that she exists, live stream the birth, I don't know. That's a whole other question. Yeah. But also, like, Kylie Jenner has said in interviews that once she starts having kids, she's going to, like, delete her Instagram. And I'm just like are you though i mean like you said that when you were 17 but a lot can happen in three years apparently yeah so it'll be interesting to you know keep up with the kardashians oh okay just kidding it's the jenners but anyways not as catchy not as catchy it's basically yeah make whatever decisions you want to make for your life don't judge other people don't look down on people for being different than you are that differences is what makes the world go round except it is 2017 and we still have not managed to grasp that concept not even a little bit (laughs) i also just wanted to right at the end bring up puerto rico um we chose not to have this as a full topic this week because we didn't think there was a lot that we could add to the conversation but puerto rico is really in crisis right now um and the really the proper amount of attention is not being paid to it even though it is almost in every sense a United States state, um, except for it's also like a colony of the United States and is being treated as such by its mistreatment. So, yeah, just like our thoughts go out to the people of Puerto Rico and as the recovery efforts are underway and hopefully getting these people back power and food and water and everything that they need. Yes, thoughts and prayers with all of you. And that is the end of our show today. So if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at MixedFeelingsFM. You can also find us at Relay.FM slash MixedFeelings, where there is a contact form if you want to send us feedback. You can also find us in the Apple Podcast Store, where you can leave us a review. You can find me on Twitter at AspiringRobotFM. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thanks for talking with me, Jillian. Oh, thanks for talking with me, Quinn. Always a pleasure. I'm Quinn Rose. I'm Jillian Parker. And these were our mixed feelings.